Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for the miracles that you put in our lives, Lord. We thank you that you never give up on us, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to bless us today. Give us a heart to listen and ears that uh, are open. And uh, Father, would you just bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we all have guardian angels, and I often think sometimes my guardian angel is looking down and saying, just looking down and saying, ah. You know, and then, is it over yet? That's the name of the sermon. And we're going to tie it in with last week because I didn't get done with last week's and I'll do my best to finish this week. But I can just see God looking down at me and man, are you done yet? Are you, are you, you quit being, you know, you get in that teenage years or the younger years and you just, you do things. When you get to teenagers, young, man, we're foolish. I'm, I'm surprised we make it out sometimes. You know, you think you can jump off of tops of roofs and jump into a swimming pool. You think you can do all kinds of things. And it's like, what? You can get out on your, on your bikes and pop willies and, lay rubber on them bikes, and it's like, what was I thinking? Am I crazy? And, uh, you know, it's like, it's, you know, sooner or later we have to get over this stuff. And uh, I think God looks down and says, man, is it over yet? Are you done yet? You know, are you done with the, with the foolishness? Are you ready to listen? And I think when we turn to God, we start to say, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I really want to pay attention to what God wants to direct my life to. And that's, that's, that's my main goal is just, I'm, I'm done. God, take it. Take, you know, you heard the old song, Take the Wheel, you know, just take it and go with it. So last week, I didn't give you the words this week, but here they are. Uh, it's a correct foothold in Christ that brings repentance and righteous discernment. That was the words for the week, and I'm trying to, I know some of you weren't here last week, some of you were, but the name of the title was, was Foothold, and it was having a good foothold in God. And uh, so we're going to take, we're going to leave a few verses out, we're going to take off uh, where we was at last week. If you listen, now listen, you know, how, you know how you get to know the Word of God? You have to listen, right? Everybody got your two ears? They all work. Some of them may not, some of them may. If you got your hearing aids, turn them up. You have to listen. You really do. I mean, if you don't, I mean, when I'm in my prayer and on my knees, I've got I've to listen more with my heart than my ears at that time. But if I want to understand God, I have to listen to God. I mean, when I, when I first started learning the Word of God in, in an in a, in a adult, adult way, um, I remember going to my mom in her apartment many, many, many years ago. And I was so excited because I was learning so much about the Apostle Paul that I didn't know in the past. And I would go and I would open my Bible to my mom. I'd say, Mom, did you know this and did you know that? And she would just look at me and she said, no, I didn't know that. I said, I know, and this cool? You know, because I really started listening to God's Word with more than just my ears but my heart. And I, st I started to realize my life the way it was, it's finally over. And God's finally changing me to where he wants me to be. And then years and years would go by before I would start to see the outcome of all that. But I knew one thing. I got excited about God's word. You should, when you open your Bible and you see these things, whether, whether you're living in sin or not living in sin, when God's trying to pull you out of it or you keep trying to go back to it, you ought to get excited about God's word. That's why I get so passionate about preaching. I, I, I kind of hold it all in until the end of the week until I get up here. But I get excited. We should get excited about it. We should get excited about the things that, that he gives us, the phrases and things that he gives us in our hearts. We should be excited about the word of God because the way we lived is finally over. Amen? And God sees that. And then in this Malachi passage where we was at last week, we were back to this week, God's trying to help his people, although some people want to look at it and say, I just get tired of hearing it. Well, God's, God's not tired of giving it. And we need to listen with our hearts and our ears. So if you listen to God's words, we, we, if you listen, God's words will give you the riches, the riches of his word. His words are, are everything to us. When, when we get healed like I was, and like, 
Lucy Backer and other people, when you get healed, you want to listen to God because you know God has done something drastic in your life. Some of you have been healed out of the, out of the sickness of sin and some of you have been healed from the sickness of life. And man, that's powerful stuff. I'll tell you what, when I was sick and when this church, before the church got open, I was so sick all those times. I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't change that because I wouldn't be where I'm at without it. Amen? I wouldn't. God's word, God's word will give you the riches and challenges of God's heart. Amen? And what we're going to look at today in these few verses is God is trying to challenge his people. And he's going to challenge us. And he uses the, the, the things of like money, like a roll of money, like this right here. He'll use these things to challenge us, to reach deeper than that, to reach deep in your heart that it is finally over. And you're going to surrender not just your money. That's just a little part. That's a nothing part. But that's the part that holds you back from getting over it. Amen? Because see, up to that time, up until you start to surrender these things, you still think that you have to control it. You really do. You think, well, I've got to control this. I've got this, this, this. I've got to control it. And God's keep saying, come on, come on. Get over it. If you'll just trust me, because when you want to control it, it's a lack of trust in God. Amen? It just, that's all it is. It's just a lack of trust. Your faith isn't where it needs to be. Am I lying or am I telling the truth? You know, one of the amazing things about God, hey, worse than me, is I, I can feel tired. I can come up here and never know what I'm going to say. And once I take off, I just, that's it's amazing to me. And when God's working, I can stand up here and say, blah, 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 and you all get it. That's a loving God, isn't it? That's a God that wants you to know who he is. Some of you don't understand the relationship aspect that God wants to have with you. And when he challenges you, He's just challenging you, asking you, I want to build the relationship that I'm starting with you. And I, want, I know it's a challenge, and I know it's going to be painful to you, and I know you're not going to understand it, but if we can get through this, the relationship that I have with you is going to grow. So it's how you look at it. Disobedience is a symptom of a heart that is ignoring God's love and call. Everybody agree with that? Disobedience. Another story, when I don't want to trust God, even though I know I should trust God, it's a disobedience, of a, it's a symptom of my heart. And I'm ignoring God's love and his call for my life. We're ignoring it. And a lot of this passage is dealing with disobedience and rebellion against God, which we all deal with. And it always boils down to just trust God. Just trust him with everything. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard, isn't it? You know, I still struggle with it. It's hard. It's hard. Let's see if this thing works now. <laughs> you got, I got like a, a raised back girl like this. Will a man rob God? Oh, man. That's a question that God's, will a man rob God? Well, no, I ain't gonna rob. No way, I'm not rob. Well, no, how could I rob God? I'm not about to rob God. Woo! I know what would happen if I rob God. Shoot. Here comes the plate. Here comes somebody asking you to do something. Well, I can't do that. <laughs> well, I've got to pay an electric bill this week. Who's not guilty of that? 
Who's not guilty of saying when somebody wants you to do something, you, you turn around and run the other way, you, you flap that ear over and you close it? Well, you know what they're asking? asking, would you want to be blessed by God? That's, that's the thing. Instead of saying, will a man rob God? It's like, do you want to be blessed by God? Because if you're robbing God, I can tell you, you're going to be struggling getting blessed by God. Because when disobedience and rebellion rolls in, mm, 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 you're not going to be blessed by God. So a question, will a man rob God? Yes, we will. And we'll do it over and over again until we've had enough, until it's over. And then you'll still struggle with it at times. Like I told you last week, God uses money because it goes right to the heart. It goes right to the heart of everything. Money has controlled the world for how many years? How many? Forever it's controlled it. Whether it's money or goats, it's controlled it. I got more goats than you got goats. So will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. So this is God looking at the nation of Israel, still looking at the church. He says, you have robbed me. You have robbed me. But you say, but the people of Israel and the people of the church, but you say, in what way? In what way have we robbed you, God? You're questioning God. Even though God is sitting right in your heart and he's telling you, you sit there and you question God in tithes and offering, God says, because he knows that if you get that right, man, the rest of it falls in place. Amen? Now, I could sit up here for hours and tell you of the blessings that God's given me, but you'll say, oh, that's just you. That's just you. You own a business and you do that. Man, do you have any idea how hard it is to own a business? And deal with employees and jobs and collecting money and, and making taxes. And you have any, <laughs> but yet God will bless that. And why? Because, yeah, obedience. I, I don't care what Vicki gives every week. I don't even know. I just know she, she'll probably give more than I might give. She just writes the check. I don't care. I'm beyond that. Vicki, have I ever told you not to write a check? Never. Because it doesn't matter to me. You know why? Because I know the blessings come from a giving heart that loves God. Now, the ones you say, well, I don't understand that, it's because you've never taken up the challenge that God's about to give you. You know, some of you might be visitors, you know I don't preach on this very often. I'm not really, I'm not pounding on the money part. I'm pounding on the heart part. But I'm telling you, God has never let me down. Never. The check's always there. It's always there. He's never let me down. And you say, well, how can that be? We deal with contractors that may take three and four months and sometimes a year to collect money or even two years to collect money. But yet it's always there. Brent, have you ever missed a check? Thank you, Brent. Notice he said not yet. Thank you, Brent, for that powerful words there we got some extra work for you this week Brent <laughs> you have robbed me and can you just imagine God looking down upon you and say you have robbed me now see that should just if a person is has this relationship with God and is through with the stuff in his life if God would say that to you that should just cut you deep that should just cut you deep but then, as like these people, many best donors says, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In the tithes and offerings, so God stricts it to him. Let's go to the next one here. When God says there's a problem in your life, when God looks at you and he says, 
You're not over it yet. I want you to know there's a problem in your life, and I want you to, to straighten this problem out, but you insist there's not. Who's right? Who's, God, right? Now, I talk to a lot of people about God, when, and when I ask them, I say, what are you feeling in your heart? Is it twisting? Is it turning? They know it is. I don't have to get up there and twist and pull the hair on their chest and twist their heart. God's already done that because they know there's a problem, and they want it fixed. Amen? And until we can trust God with the aspects of our money, our finance, everything we've got, we're always going to be holding back from God. And so God, he lays it out here for us. And now if you trust and you believe in God and you say you have faith in God, then are you doing the things that God asks you to do? You know, tithes and offering, there's two separate things there, just so you'll know. Tithes, is, they say in the Bible, it's 10%. Offerings is things you do above your tithes. <laughs> You mean i got to give more? No, you don't. <laughs> but you'll never outgive God. How many of you have heard that phrase? You know, we just won't. Whether it's in your time, whether it's, it's in, in, in money, or whatever, whether it's in worship with God, if you can just worship with God to the hilt, I mean, with everything you've got, God just blesses you through that, doesn't he? Because you're, you're sacrificing, you're giving. When God says there's a problem in your life, but you insist there is not, You've got to understand, he is right. And it says here, you are cursed with a curse, for you have troubled, robbed me, even this. In Malachi 3.9, go ahead, where's my scripture at, please? All i got is principles. You got scripture? Uh-huh. Don't have to get us thought as much as we did, do we? Or is that, that it? That's it, I'm sorry. We do have it together. I don't have it together. I'm getting too excited up here. Got it, Ray. Sorry, man. With a curse. In other words, there's something going on in your life that is cursing you. You think, oh, man, I just have bad luck. you got to go back and, and see if everything you're doing is conforming with God's word. Are you cursed with a curse? Hang on. She said, don't mind me. Am I on now? batteries it was i don't know right there okay i can't hardly use them hand things it's never have been able to 
Now, just get this right here. You got, you got, got God, and he's got the clouds back, and he, he's opening up everything, and he yells down here, you're cursed with a curse. I've just explained to you why you're cursed. Now, you want to pay attention. We can get through this, and it can be over. It can get, get done. But if you don't want to pay attention to me here, you're going to be cursed. For you have robbed me. See, he's, he's repeating it. You have robbed me. Even this whole nation. And what has happened is the priests and Levites and all that, they've had to go back out into the fields. They've had to go back out and supply for their own needs because all of Israel is not supplying the, the money and the, and the goats and the, everything else they need to fill up the house of God. So they've had to go out. So he's saying, because of your rebellion, because of your disobedience, my people are not working the way they should be working, and you've robbed me and you've robbed the whole nation because of that. Is it over yet? Reverse the curse. Amen? Amen. How, many, how many of you need a curse reversed? I've got to watch. I can't I say that very fast. Reverse the curse. There's a ways to do that, and God's going to highlight it right here. This is when he challenges us. Start with being thankful. Amen? I, one day this week, I just, I just, all of a sudden, everything in my heart was, just be thankful. I mean, just be thankful. If you can be thankful for what God's doing in your life, man, it changes the the atmosphere of your life, everything about your life, everything where you look at it. I remember one morning I just was having a bad morning and all I can remember was God said, be thankful. Just be thankful. It changed the whole outlook of my life that day because I wasn't being thankful. If you just be thankful to God, he'll start changing everything about you. Be thankful for what God's doing. Be thankful for the things in your life, no matter what they are. Be thankful because God is working in your life. Do you agree with me or not? Start with being thankful for a loving father. I have a loving father. Amen? I have a loving father. He's never let me down. He not only listens, but challenges. Challenges us to grow as his children. You know, the things we go through, it's a... Man, what a blessing to be challenged by God. First, that he wants to pay attention to me to challenge me. That's a blessing to be challenged by God right there. And to call me to think that I can even start to, to accomplish what he challenges me with. I'll tell you something. This church was a challenge, amen? And a lot of you don't know it like I know it or like me and Vicky know it, but I'm telling you it was a challenge. A challenge like no other God has ever asked me to do. And to this day, I'm telling you the truth, it's still a challenge. You know why? You don't want to know why. <laughs> but sometimes I don't want to be here. You what, Pastor? What? I'm just going to, you know, I've got to be truthful with you. That's just the way it is. But sometimes you don't want to be here. There's just sometimes you just don't want to do these things anymore. Now, I can tell you what, that ain't God. And so I, I get challenged by God sometimes when my, when my soul kind of gets down and I just can't get over myself. I get challenged by God. Do you remember the call I called you to, Paul? Do you remember the things I've done you for? Will you be thankful for those things? And if you'll be thankful for those things, no matter what they look like, you'll start to have your spirit lifted up. So be thankful. Be thankful. Can everybody say be thankful? Be thankful. We live in a time that nobody's thankful for anything. It's just complain, complain, complain. 
You just complain all the time. Wine, 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 my goodness. I think the next time I hear somebody whining, I'm going to look at them and say, just be thankful. Just be thankful. It challenges us to grow as his children. Don't you want to be challenged by God? Man, rebellion is the act of restricting God's rule over your life. And we kind of struggle with that word, restrict, that word restricting, but rebellion is an act of pulling back from God. It's, it's pulling back from what God desires for you. And the, and the more we get in this rebellion, the more we pull back to the way he wants to rule over your life. And rebellion comes in all kinds of forms, but it's always a symptom of the heart. It's always that heart that's causing the rebellion problem. When I was in second grade, I struggled through school. I've told you that before. And I'm not even sure why I'm telling you this story. We'll figure out in a minute why God brought this to my mind. But I had a teacher, a good teacher. I don't know her name now. She, she's got to be she's second grade. Man, that was a long time ago for me. But this teacher was a younger teacher, and she was very energetic. And I remember her well because... She was very worried about me. Uh, I couldn't spell. I couldn't read. I couldn't hear. And she just, you could just see her every day. She would sit down and she would work with me. And it was to no avail. I just, just give me an F, teach. <laughs> it ain't happening. And finally, one day, she walks in with this board about yay long. And on this board, I was going to get one together, but I didn't have time to. On this board... There was letters. And the letters were cut out with sandpaper. Don't make any sense, right? And she gave me this. It was my special board. She gave me this board, and, and she would work with me throughout the rest of the year, and she would say S, and she would give me the sound of S. What is, it would sound like a snake, right? I know that one. Is that right? So I don't hear these things. And she would make me rub my fingers over that S, and she would just get in my ear and say whatever that sound is or an N, or an M, or whatever it is, because I don't hear these things. And she would just get in there, and she would do that, and she was, she was precious in trying to get me to understand. She did everything she could. At that time, they didn't have, we didn't have opportunities for people to get help like that. Nobody knew what stuff like that. We just, they just called us dummies. So they would do that, and she would do that, and it was just a great, wonderful thing. Did it work? No, but she gave it everything she got. And I'm telling you, we got a God that goes to the next level with everything we, every problem we have, amen? And he'll take the time, just like that loving teacher, and try to spend time with you and keep whispering in your ear, S, just feel the S. We have a loving God just like that, amen? Now, how do I remember a story like that? Because it touched me deeply. It was, a, it was a lady trying to help a, a young child get through life. I'm sure that had a lot to do with my life as I went through it. And God is so, oh, he's so wonderful with us. He goes far beyond that if you allow him to do it. But rebellion pulls that back. If I would have took that board and said, Teacher, get away from me with that board. This is the stupidest thing I ever saw. Rub my hands on some sandpaper, looks like an S and an N. Where would that have got me? Nowhere. You know what happens when we call rebellion? It's called disrespect. And I'm telling you something. One of the things we need to learn, just like they needed to learn right now, is respect. To respect. If our nation would learn to respect things, 
we would be a different nation. And this verses here, bring all the tithes into the storerooms, in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this day, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you. For So in other words, God's saying, if you don't trust me with your finances, if you don't trust me with the service work, just try me. Just, just give me a try. Now, that is a wonderful challenge from God, isn't it? See, But see, in order to get the challenge from God, you have to accept the challenge. Amen? Not, I, don't know what's, I don't need to know what's going on in your life, but I know one thing. I, I need God to challenge me, and I need to accept that challenge, and then I need to follow through with that challenge and see what happens. I'm going to tell you something. God's not going to let you down. He's a loving God, and he wants you to see and understand what he's wanting to give you. He wants the relationship to grow. And I can tell you, in my second grade of school, my relationship with that teacher was a lot farther along than it was the day I walked in there, and probably a lot more than anybody else in that classroom. It was about 30 of us. And by the end of the year, I, I did pass, but I, they called it passing on trial back then. In other words, the first six weeks of the next year, if you didn't make it, they sent you back. I did that about two or three years in a row. God will open his windows of heaven not just for finances. Don't even think about that part of it. Just get that out of your mind. And everything you, he asks you to do, he will open up the gates and the windows of heaven and pour it out upon you if you trust him and believe it. He's done it in mine and Vicky's life. He's done it in John and Donna's life. He's done it in Mike and Diane's life. He's done it in many of your lives over and over again. Your children are getting saved. Your children are following Christ. My goodness, isn't that good enough for you? He's changing your family. He's changing your nature. He's changing everything about you. And he grows you in his relationship. And it says here, this challenge, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me. Try me. What a beautiful saying from God. Just try God. Just try him. If there's something going on in your life, just try him. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that will not be room enough to receive it. Amen? Tell me, do you believe that? Look at this part here in verse 11. I just, you just got to look at this. Wow. And I will rebuke the devourer for you, for your. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. What's the devourer? All those things that are coming against you. All those things that says don't do it. All those things that, that continue to strive to, to tear us apart. He says, I will rebuke them for your sakes. I will do this. So that we, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fall to bear fruit for you in the, in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. Tell you what, this country would turn back to God. We would be blessed again, wouldn't we? I don't think there's too many nations out there calling us blessed anymore. We can act like we're blessed. We can say it. And I can tell you that I am blessed. I can tell you that the church is blessed. But I'm not too sure about the nation anymore that's blessed. For you will be a delightful land. Look at that. For your, your family, your life will be what? A delightful life. I'm going to challenge, is your life delightful? 
Now, if it's not delightful, why isn't it delightful? See, let's get down to the, to the real issue of the problem. Why is your life not delightful? But for God, God says he'll do that for us, and I trust him with that. So if I'm not, my life is not being delightful, you say, well, I've, you don't know the things I've done. You don't know the, the situations I'm in. You don't know the, the things that are falling apart about me. You're right, I don't know it, but I know who does know it, and I know he wants you to be delightful in your life. And if you're not, there's something going on that you need to discuss with God, and maybe you need to get one-on-one -on -one with God, and maybe you need to cry out to him. Maybe you need to get in your war room with him more than five minutes. Maybe you need to spend a good bit of time in there. Maybe you need to start fasting. Maybe you need to really start to cry out for God for maybe the first time in your life, and you'll be delightful to God and then the nation. My goodness, if we would do that. Because, see, these aren't just words to us. They're a challenge from God. And then he tells us what he'll do if we really take up the challenge. It's a sad time when people are drugged into a state of unconsciousness to sin. We'll look at that in a minute in the scripture. It's a sad time. It's a sad time in a nation when people are drugged into a state of unconsciousness of sin. In other words, they don't even know what sin is anymore. We're living in a world, and, and we'll see it, they lived in the same way, that they don't even understand sin anymore. It's like we're either drugged with drugs or we're just drugged completely. I don't know. We're just a mess because we can't grab a hold of what sin is. We can't even say what it is. We can't even look at what it is and try to get over it because people won't. If I say something's wrong with somebody, they'll call me a bigot or they'll call me a racist or they'll call me this or they'll call me that. When it's just sin, people. It's just sin. We live in a nation full of sin. I heard when they picked Mike Pence the other day. I like Mike Pence. He's a Christian man. He carries a Bible with him. He's a Christian man. And one of the first things they said is, he's radical. Yeah! Why? Because he's a Christian. Well, when I was growing up, you wasn't radical. You were normal. Because everybody did it. But we live in a nation that can't even understand what sin is. We're unconscious to it anymore. And so the church becomes something to be shh. I'm going to tell you something. People still want to hear it. Amen? People still want to hear it. I don't care what that news media says. My goodness, they're in the toilet for Satan. Did you get that? People still need to hear it, and they want to hear it. Just try it. I'll challenge you this week. You go up to somebody you don't know. You just start with that be thankful thing, that smile upon your face. You just watch where God takes that. You just watch, and they're going to melt. They need to hear it. I work with construction guys all the time. They need to hear it. Amen? They need to hear it. And if we're thankful to God for what he's doing in our lives, You'll be ready to give it and preach the gospel. It's the good news. You'll be delightful to them. You have no idea how these guys will come, and I'll start talking to them about God. And it's just one-on-one. -on -one. I'm working away. Just one-on-one. -on -one. You think they want to cuss and all that? Sure they do. But, buddy, they want to hear it. I've not had any tell me to shut up. They want to hear it. They may walk away fast, but they're always respectful. 
something about God that when you're confronted with God, you just got to show respect. You got to show awe. You know that? It's a sad time when people are drugged into a state of unconscious sin. Is it over yet? When sin has no name, when you can't even name sin for what sin is, God just like, man, is it over yet? Are you ready as America, as a nation, as, as an, are you ready yet to turn back to God? Our politicians can't even call Islam radical anymore, or they won't for whatever reason because they won't confront what's going on. If we can't confront the sin in our lives, then how are we ever going to allow God to accomplish that through our life? If I can't say to God, I've got a problem with pornography, if I've got a problem with something, or I've got to say it like, well, I've got a problem with looking at some pictures I shouldn't look at. Come on. Come on. Get on your knees and pray. Let God overpower you with that and give the truth to God. Quit playing with God because he's not playing around. We got it in our minds that somehow that God wants to play games with us. He will not. When sin has no name, then you have lost your, your foothold. You've lost it, and you're not over it yet. Everybody agree with that? If you can't even name your sin, you're not over it yet. You're still just playing around with it. 13, I'm going to finish here in a little bit. Your words have been harsh against me. This is God. This is God speaking to his people, still speaking to the church. Your words, the words that you've been talking to God, they've been harsh against me. America, your words have been harsh against God. Get out, God. Get out. I think that's pretty harsh, don't you? I think that's pretty harsh when we throw God out of everything. I think that's pretty harsh when we can't keep a little stack of Ten Commandments somewhere. That's pretty harsh. And we just continue to do it, and we'll do it in our lives. You say, oh, I don't do it in my life. Shoot. Every time you're disobedient and rebellion to God, what are you doing? Every time you're not doing the things God asks you to do, what are you doing? Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. You say, what have we spoken against you? And that's that unconscious sin. They don't even recognize it. And today, they'll say, well, we're not sinning. God's okay as a homosexual preaches you the word, he's not okay with it. He's not okay with it. You believe the lie and you'll continue to believe it until you change. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. So we get in such rebellion and disobedience to God and we get so clamored in the life and is it, is it, look at everything that's going around. Everybody's, it seems like everybody's blessed but me and I'm following God. That's what, the, that's what they were trying to say. You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it, is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked and mourned before the Lord of hosts? Some of you need to quit looking at the world so much. What's going on? Look into your own heart with God and let God bless you. Let him bless you. And I'm going to tell you, the first thing you need to be blessed with is being thankful. To be thankful. 
when your direction is wrong, when your direction in life is wrong, look, these, these Israel and, the, and some of the church, our direction is wrong, then our destiny is wrong. Amen? And if I'm not going the right way, then whenever I get to where I'm getting, I'm in the wrong place, aren't I? If I turn down the wrong way on that road like I talked last week and I get to the end of that dark road, I'm in the wrong place. My direction's wrong. My destiny's wrong. So now we call the proud blessed. <laughs> isn't, this a, isn't this the world we live in today? This is 2016. This thing here is about 2,500 years old, and yet it completely goes with our word today because now we call the proud blessed. So those who do wickedness are raised up. Are they, are they not raised up? And the church is what? Lowered down. They even tempt God and what? Go free. But I'm going to tell you something. The good news is they're not going to go free, and I really don't care whether they go free or not. I care about where I'm going and where you're going. Amen? I, I'm going home to heaven. They're going home to hell. They're not free. They're not free. And my goodness, if this is all they get out of life, let them have it. Because I'm not living for this world. I'm living for the next. So now we call the proud blessed. This 2016, everybody read this for me. So now we call the proud blessed. Everybody read that. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Now, I'll tell you what, if your direction's wrong, this is what you'll believe. These people were believing this, so therefore they weren't doing the things God called them to do because their mind and their focus was on something far beyond what it should have been. We go there, too, in our lives, and we need to do our best to stay out of it. There we go. A foothold in Christ gives us the correct position to achieve the most explosive start taking our faith all the way home. John Bashum over here, known him since he was a kid, he, uh, he ran at Florida uh, hurdles, Division I hurdles throughout the country many, many years ago. And I asked him, I said, John, what, what, what does it take to get that explosive starter to really get that good foothold? And he says, you got, it's the position you set yourself in from the very beginning, right, John? From the very beginning, the position, I, I can't run. Now, I know he could do it real good. But the position you set yourself in from the very beginning, that's going to determine how explosive you come out of that and how explosive that race is going to be. If you get the front part right, the last part is going to be right. It's going to be hard to catch up, isn't it, John? A foothold, a foothold, the correct foothold in Christ gives us the correct position to achieve the most explosive start, taking our faith all the way home. Now listen here. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. In other words, the church got together. The church became the church. It got together and it's, it's looking and it says, we've got to change our attitude. We've got to be thankful for the things God's doing in our lives. We've got to be ready to be explode, just explode with God's word. I've got a nephew that lives up in Cleveland. <clears throat> and I talk to him and, and he's, man, he loves the Lord. He does some of the things that I would really have a struggle, a hard time doing. I'm glad he's doing it. He's a, a street preacher up in Cleveland. I'm just going to tell you, that's a difficult thing. And he goes out and he preaches to people that do not want to hear it. And he doesn't just do it once in a while. He does it all the time. 
He's got a pile of kids too, and he's a truck driver, and he finds his time to go out and preach to the people of the streets of Cleveland. All nationalities and races and everything. And he goes out and he preaches to them. And sometimes it's not good, sometimes it's confrontational. But he does it. And he always respects those people. And most of the time they respect back. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And they got together and they come up with a game plan. And they said, I see these things that my, my nation's doing, and I, I see all these things, but I don't want to be a part of it. I'm separate. I'm called holy. I'm set apart. And we're going to get together. We're going to make a, a game plan here. And the Lord listened. Listen to me. Listen to what? And the Lord what? Everybody say what? Everybody would say listen. And the Lord said, Lord, listen. he listened. Why did he listen? They got together. They got together and they loved each other. And they knew the situation they were in. They saw their country crumpling down. But there's always a remnant. God has always got a remnant. He talks about his remnant over and over again. And this is the remnant of God. So those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened. And, and he also what? Everybody say heard him. Heard them. So he, he listened. See, God listens all the time, doesn't he? And I'll tell you, sometimes he may listen. But if you're not doing the things he he asks us to do and requires of us. Sometimes he's not hearing us, even though he's listening. So a book of remembrance. And back in Persia in this time, they would often write things down. And you go back to the book of Esther, and you can see that. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who meditated on his. I'm not done yet. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who meditated on his name. In the book of Revelation chapter 22, it talks about that one book that's written down and people's names written in it. I can tell you something, I don't have to wonder if my name's written down. It may be scribbled in there. I don't know how it's written in there, but my name's in the book. Amen? It's in the book. And I can know that because I can go to the Bible in 1 John and understand these things. It's in the book. It can't be erased. It's there. They shall be mine. Listen to this. Listen to this. These people that are turning to the Lord and getting together and striving to do what God calls to do, he says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on, that, on the day that I make, make them my jewels. Man, jewels of God. Can you imagine what a jewel of God looks like? We'll just look in the mirror. Just look at him here because he says we're jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son, serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between ones, the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. So when we start to change our lives and get this relationship with God going, I start to see the world for what it is. I start to get a righteous discernment. I see wickedness, and I see evil. And I see God's glory. Amen? I, I discern. Christians, you, you should have discernment. Be thankful for what God's doing in your life. If he's doing miracles in your life, which he does continually. When I get to heaven, I just can't, you just wait and you see all the, the things that are written down and, and the, the miracles that God's done in our lives. Every time he's protected me from being killed, Every time he's protected me from, 
from, from somebody that wants to do me harm. These are miracles in our lives. It says they're between the righteous and the wicked, between who, who, one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So I see the difference. Words for your week. Yep. You got it. Be thankful, and God will open his window of grace over you. How many of you believe that? Were you challenged today by God? Somewhere in your life, were you challenged by God? Then this question, this question here should really, application question for you. What if, what if your thoughts are not God's thoughts? What if your thoughts are not thoughts correctly like this Word of God? What if the way you're thinking is not really on board with the Word of God? Are you willing to change your mind? See, God challenged His people to change their, everything about Him, their thoughts, everything they, they thought they believed was right, which wasn't right. Are you willing to change your mind? If you're not, then you're not going to accept the challenge of God. You're just going to play with God some more. But if you're willing to accept this challenge from God and willing to change whatever it is you're thinking, then God's willing to be there with you and call you a jewel. Let's stand. I'm going to open up the tables. And as always, if you're a child of God, you're welcome at the tables. I hope that you accept God's challenge today. And in each, each one of our lives, it could be different, what he's challenged us on. So whatever it is, I don't know. I've got my own challenges this week. I had my own challenges to be thankful for what God's doing in my life, to be thankful. That was the biggest challenge I had this week, just to quit whining and be thankful. Boy, things change when you start to change your mindset. You know that? You start to look at things different. If you're a child of God, come and enjoy the Lord today. Take communion with God. Understand who he is in your life and how powerful he wants to be in your life and the miracles he wants to accomplish in your life. It starts on your knees, and it starts with accepting the Lord in your heart. And then look out, because life can get explosive with God. Amen? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we ask you that you, you just reach down and touch our hearts. Father, some of us may not have had a wonderful start. Some of us may have backslidden and reversed and done all kinds of strange things. But Lord, I know what you want from us. You tell us in the word of God to be faithful, to trust you with all things, to be obedient in all things. And then watch you open up the windows of heaven in all areas of our life. Thank you for love, Lord. I'm asking you to challenge us to love more that we look at people and we see love before we see anything else. Lord, challenge us in our daily lives that we might grow closer to you, not just today, but tomorrow and the next day. Lord, if there's something going on in our life that we can't understand and we're having a hard time being thankful, would you just implant it in our heart, put a smile upon our faces right now? Teach us to love, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.